for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right welcome everybody this is the reality czars podcast and we're your hosts tonight nate and tony hello and uh we have an awesome returning guest his name is paz paz from hello. timeline earth <laughs> Hey, buddy, you want to do a quick little uh, tell everybody where to find you? Yeah, sure. So most people on the Internet know me as Paz. I also answer to my actual name, Dexter. You can find me at the Gaslight Hour podcast. We do tremendous work, if I do say so myself. I am also a host on Timeline Earth, which is uh, searchable under that name. I have a sub show under their brand and banner called the Scarlet Thread Society, in which I typically do interviews and listener stories about the occult, about conspiracies, ghosts, whatever. You know, it's a very coast to coast themed event. That's exactly the vibe I wanted. And I've been very satisfied with how it's been able to replicate to this point. Awesome, man. We are happy to have you. Uh, so the last time we talked, uh, the last second, we both brought up Giants, and we're like, fuck, we got to do that. So here we are. Um, I had a buddy, uh, Kyle Reese from Blood of the Brave. He's really obsessed with Giants, too, and he was going to join us. Uh, some weather stuff is going on with his family and some other, so he's not going to be here tonight. But uh, pause. Let's talk about Giants, man. Yeah, so before we get too deep into it, I just want to say yet again how much I enjoy that flag you've got in the background there. Oh, thanks, brother. I know I commented on it last time too, but that thing's just gorgeous. Anyways, uh, so where did you want to start? Oh man, this is such Bring a me in here, one, man. You know? Yeah, I mean, because like literally, we could go back to like biblical era. We could talk about like who the fuck were the Watchers. We could talk about like the angels, I guess, and like their progeny, the Nephilim, and how the elites claim to be part, like part of that lineage and different things, and how the Nephilim were supposed to be giants and, uh, or we like even Mesopotamian, like some, like Sumerian texts, like not even biblical yeah, the table like, kings and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all fascinating. So maybe we can, you want to start there? Uh, well, you mean specifically in the middle East then, or sure. how do you mean? Yeah, buddy. I, I, you're the smart one here. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, you know, but yeah, tales of giants go back as far as human history does. And we all know that, right? There's this idea that, um, you know, they've been in cultures all over the planet. As we talk about them in the conspiracy context today, we mostly trace it either through an explicitly Western canon sort of tradition, where the stories arise out of the context of Judeo-Christian uh, events and understandings with pagan predecessors, depending on how much stock you give them, and the more atheistic repudiation of the Anunnaki, in which you're still clearly aping those themes yet today. Yeah. And it really all starts with this the giant kings of uh, Sumeria and the Middle Eastern region as we know it today. You know, there's talk of. Oh, what was it? Og, King Og or King Magog? Yeah. Who allegedly had a 13 foot bed 
And the legends of him said that he filled his entire bed. You know, this isn't some rock star in a California king because he's got a bunch of groupies. This is a truly massive dude in a truly massive bed because he needed the full space. And you have uh, other legends, as I said, where all of these ancient rulers were reputed to live for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they were all said to be nine, ten feet tall and stronger than oxen. You know, with uh, this tremendous height and a tremendous barrel chested build to match it. You know, they're not the lanky seven foot centers of today's NBA or anything. Yeah. Seven feet across and 13 feet high. Yeah. I mean, depending on just which story you want to listen to. And that's one of the interesting things about this Giants topic is that it can range from anywhere. Well, obviously the Giants were just eight foot tall and built and we have legends of them from among the Native Americans to the truly outlandish things like the Giants footprint in South Africa, where when you do the math on the size of it, you have this footprint imprinted in stone. And if you do the math, the person who left the footprint would have had to have been 20 feet tall, you know? Well, and so it, see, like you're really this, running the gamut too, in terms of size, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure, dude. I mean, and I think like, uh, like, okay. I mean, that'll be like the next part of the talk about, but about those, like the Smithsonian and how they found all those bones. And like, some of them were supposed, like some of the people were supposed to be about 20 feet tall. Like some of those yeah. bones. and. You know, and so Jim Vieira and Hugh Newman are kind of the preeminent scholars, in my opinion, on this Smithsonian cover-up. They wrote the book Giants on Record. Anyone who hasn't read that should go read it. They do an excellent job of sorting good historical sources from bad historical sources and demonstrating, in some cases, even in the Smithsonian's own journal, evidence of bones being recovered implying a person would have been nine ten feet tall and all sorts of strange artifacts uh, attendant with these giant bones so you know there is certainly something going on the as you said the height tends to be very variable and some of them were truly massive and those have been turned up primarily here in the americas there's been some alleged reports from uh, the Mediterranean Isles, like Sardinia. And I am not aware of any skeletons of that size being reported in the Middle East. But with the sheer amount of turmoil there, the black market antiquities trade, and just the fact that those regions have uh, been buried in sand the way that they have, you know, not just in modern history, but even in prehistory, obviously the face of the earth there has changed a great deal heck yeah man and it was supposedly the big flood that killed all the giants sure again yeah and that's one interpretation of it you'd certainly think coming at it from a biblical and western canon perspective that it would have been the flood that killed them as that's relatively explicitly stated in genesis with the odd exception of the fact that there are still seem to be giant blooded individuals after the flood. Yeah. If you so take into account not bloods. just Goliath, but the other uh, Canaanites in general, you know, there's yeah. the famous passage in, I believe it's Joshua 
where the uh, Israelite spies return to their camps and their armies and saying, we've walked among them or we've seen them and we are but a grasshopper to their knee. Yeah, yeah, that was Jericho, right? Wasn't it Jericho, the city that was full of giants? Am I crazy? And they marched around the city seven times and they collapsed it, like playing the... That was Jericho where the walls collapsed. Yeah. I don't know that Jericho was said to be full of giants, but certainly in that specific era and among yeah. that time, the time of the judges and the early kingdom of Israel, which has been proven to exist through archaeological records, the kingdom of Israel was real. Whether or not there's stories of having to conquer giants to carve out that kingdom is something that I take as a matter of the historical record, but is nominally open to debate in academia. I'm kind of curious, um, those Smithsonian bones, are there any kind of carbon dating or is there any kind of spec, like any kind of like time period that people put them in or is it just, um, absolutely not because those bones are destroyed as they're collected. Okay. Yeah. That's the problem, Tony, is that supposedly there was a fuck ton of giant's bones, huge skulls, like the size of my torso and like crazy arms and fingers and, femurs and uh they were all either buried like deep in fucking underground layer like things or or just destroyed just to cover up evidence which is fascinating yeah and you know the thing is it's not as if this is a relic of the earliest days of america either you have reports of these bones being recovered as recently as the 1920s and in one very specific case even the 1930s where the Tennessee Valley Authority itself, one of Roosevelt's work projects, even allegedly dug up several of these skeletons. So, yeah. you know, it, it's not, we, they certainly didn't have carbon dating technology quite yet when these things were still being discovered. And in fact, they've been suppressed for well over a century at this point. And it is a matter of not being able to do that work on these because if you choose to believe that they exist as I do. It is a matter that they are being actively suppressed by academia because of the implications they would have for the theory of evolution and the modern knowledge paradigm. So pause, I was going to ask you, and I think you just kind of answered that question. So do you think that these giants were real and why do you think they're covering it up? I think just how large these this race of giants was is absolutely open for debate, but I don't personally believe there can be any reason to debate whether or not they existed. There is historical record of at least one having fought for the Revolutionary Army during the American Revolution, a seven-and-a-half-foot-tall, extremely broad-chested Portuguese immigrant. Uh, the last king of independent Hawaii before it became a U.S. territory and later a state, King Kamehameha, was a giant in his own right. Chief Tuscaloosa, of which the Alabama city of Tuscaloosa takes its name, was a giant himself. And you find that actually quite frequently in Native American lore, where they will talk about either having been at war with giants in their prehistory or in many other cases, even having had giants live among them frequently as chiefs or kings. Yeah, no, I, I'd read a whole thing, actually, uh, from a Native American perspective that uh, these ones weren't, like, friendly 
<laughs> what I had read that was like there was like villages of these giants, and they were the ones that were like the mound builders, and uh, they these guys were kind of, they were like cannibals and rapists. Yeah, and they would take us to eat. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they I don't remember exactly the way they they warred with them and were able to, to defeat them. I guess there wasn't that many of them. But there were some, and they would take our like our ladies and reproduce with them, like every once in a while. I don't know. It's it's fascinating because you see these pretty similar stories from like all across the globe. Yeah, yeah. So I think that there is a preponderance of nominally circumstantial evidence that demands we take the concept seriously. Well, now as of, to why sorry. you would cover it up. Yeah. It would totally annihilate, really, the entire scientific basis of the last 200 years. You know, the thing to keep in mind is that the gentleman who was running the Smithsonian during the vast majority of these discoveries was a Czech immigrant who was extremely invested in Darwinism and the theory of evolution at a time when it was still extremely unproven and was in no way commonly accepted. So this man was marshalling the resources of the Smithsonian Network and Institute to try and play partisan politics and validate a theory of science that really had no basis for belief whatsoever. And the fact that there could be a race of giants out there rewriting the narrative of not just history, but also biology directly refutes what he was trying to do. And, you know, as that lie is compounded year after year, you have that much more incentive to protect the knowledge base, you know, both out of bureaucratic reflex and out of an active desire to cover up that specific instance of knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, it's the sort of thing where one dude can touch one specific lever of power. And after he touches that to his own ends, other levers of power have to be pulled to protect it. Because as we know, the state itself is a house of cards. Hmm. So, I another question. Are they human? Do they have a human origin? Or do you think that there is something either extraterrestrial and or interdimensional and or heavenly or hellly, I guess? Or... Uh, <laughs> Like, what are your thoughts on what are the giants or are they just giant humans? Yeah. And, you know, you just asked a fantastic question. The one question that I just don't know how to answer. I am strongly rooted enough in a, the Christian faith personally that I have to accept a divine answer and a divine origin whether or not that divine origin is expressed genetically as an offshoot of humanity, it is impossible to say. And I think you can make a case as your own personal dogmas will dictate regarding that. I do believe you can actively discount an extraterrestrial origin because I just personally am not partial to the extraterrestrial hypothesis. I've always found the, uh, Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Whatever Keel called it, ultra terrestrial. There we go. Yeah. Keel, valet, the ultra terrestrial hypothesis, just much more compelling. Uh, it's certainly more complicated from a physics perspective, but you know, both the ET and UT 
hypotheses are sufficiently complicated in terms of our understanding of science that it's hardly makes a difference which one a person prefers. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Mostly. What were you going to say, Tony? I was going to actually say, like, now I'm starting to think of genetic engineering of some kind, perhaps by ultra or extraterrestrials, however you want to play that. Well, that's yeah, kind and of... That's, that's something that's uh, actually super trendy just in the past few years. Uh, not necessarily with the giants having been gene seeded or something, but uh, you see it a lot in the UFO disclosure types. You know, your salas and your UFO talk circuits talking about the resurrection chamber and how the aliens must have bred these giants because we're finding alien artifacts all over the Middle East and they don't want you to know. And, you know, I'd actually be willing to believe a lot more of that stuff if these people weren't consistently wrong about everything and if they weren't just grifting to sell their ebooks. You know, I'd be a lot more sympathetic to ET arguments and the idea of star-seeded genomes if it weren't the people making the case that are making that case. I feel that. Totally feel that. Um, Someone was telling me, was it? Oh, okay, maybe they weren't necessarily giants, but they had found some, like, this was, uh, I think, Russian scientists found some, like, 40,000-year-old plus Scythian warriors, like frozen in ice, and they were going to try to clone them and bring them back. Have you heard I about that? You remember seeing that news story. Yeah, and that's fascinating. That, uh, the Scythians, the Scythians, that opens up several other extremely profound cans of worms that we don't have time for yeah. tonight. <laughs> but uh, not just the Scythians, but also the largest Denisovan DNA finds have come out of uh, various parts of Russia or Russian-influenced operations outside of Russia. And that's interesting, too, because the people who want to make the case that the giants are just a distinct subtype of human rely on that Denisovan DNA to make that case. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating. And I think that... Um, so, I mean, I come from a Christian perspective as well, Paz. So, I mean, I, the way that I see it is definitely like maybe the Watchers or uh, those angels that were that were here. Uh, because, I mean, that is what the Bible says. Like, it, even if you look at the books that are not canonized, right? If you look at the book of Enoch, it talks about the Watchers and uh, those angels laying with humans and creating these Nephilim that were supposed to be gigantic. And uh, they were supposed to be brutish and kind of evil, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you go back to the story of Noah, they talk about those giant beings and the sheer amount of wickedness in the world. Wickedness so great that it necessitated the literal destruction of all life, except, of course, Noah and the seed animals that God saw fit to have him save. So I find it fascinating just how bad the world must have been, because I'm looking at 2021 and it's pretty bad. and. I mean, I guess God promised that he wasn't going to destroy the earth, the whole earth again and do a hard reset. But I mean, I wonder just how bad it really was, because I mean, sometimes I think we're due for a hard reset. <laughs> they're trying to sell us that. Yeah, they're trying yeah, to sell you us know, that. That is the thing right there as just how horrible would it have to be, you know, and we have no way of knowing. I don't particularly want to know. Yeah. 
so I'm a little bit more skeptical on this. And one of the things that I'm coming back to is like, okay, so if you had some Nephilim laying with women, like what would that childbirth be like? Where would these, like, would these kids be born giants? Would they, um, like, at what point like, do they go through a puberty and then they just realize, like, oh, you're a giant, you need to leave here? I'm trying to, like, wrap my head around how this actually would work in these cultures. I mean, well, I think from a biological mom? perspective, I think you'd have to just assume that it's born infant size and it just grows that much more than we do today. Mm. You know, and even then if you want to make the biological case for it, you can also think about differences in the atmosphere of the earth, yeah. relative radiation, dietary differences. And now I personally don't put a whole lot of stock in those because they reek to me of materialist cope and looking for an answer in the uh, presence of science when you should be looking to spiritual answers. But, you know, all of that being said, uh, yeah, there are ways to take simple biology and try to explain these beings. Well, Tony, think about this. I'm sure Shaq was a big baby, but I don't think Shaq was like a four foot baby. You know what I mean? I think, you know, um, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually curious. I'm going to look that up later. I want to see how big Shaq was at birth, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm assuming, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Paz, that they're probably born normal size, and then they just just grow. They just get bigger. Um, Paz, who do you think the Watchmen were? Or, or Sorry, not the Watchmen. What the heck were they called? Um, the Watchers? Yeah, the Watchers. Hey, Paz, did we lose you, buddy? No, I'm here. I'm trying to formulate an answer. Oh, I got you. Okay. And, you know, it'll have to be cleaned up in post, obviously, some of this dead air. No but I just, <laughs> I think it's a question worth reflecting on, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as to who or what they were, I, I do just have to go back to that. You've got bloodlines of beings that are outside the material realm. And, you know, when you get into ultra-terrestrial theory, and its implication for cryptids like Bigfoot or the Dogman, <clears throat> you start having to face really interesting questions where they seem to be creatures that are outside of material existence, but able to manifest in. And I almost wonder if that's not exactly then what you're seeing with something like the watchers. Yeah. That's you know, where they're not of this place, but they are able to be in this place. Yeah. That is fascinating. And how they're able to, how they were able to be here physically enough to like implant a seed in a womb, you know, that is, um, and it, it does say in the Bible that like at that point, like what, like angels and those type of creatures were among us. Right. In those days, there were giants among us and things like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really fascinating. Um, to be a fly on the wall, man. The, the things that I would do with a time machine. You know? Yeah. And, you know, we're we're going to continue to keep circling back to this. But I just really want to beat this particular point about giants over the head and make sure everyone's real clear about this. 
this is not something that comes from just one tradition. Yeah. Even if conspiracy culture contextualizes it out of one or two traditions, this is universal to the human experience, having these stories and these assumptions. So, you know, whether you think that everyone invented the same exact story, despite the fact that they were living in vastly different environments by the time these stories would have developed, that seems like cope to me. Yeah. You know, you got to be talking about something specific for you all to have the same exact cultural memory, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I always come back from a biblical perspective because that's, you know, that's what I grew up with. But like, um, I also read, I mean, the Epic of Gilgamesh, and that's fascinating. That's pre-biblical. And I mean, if that isn't a perfect example of what a Nephilim would have been, it said he was he was a demigod, right? So like he was a half whatever this like ethereal being and half human and he was a giant. And if you read his early life, he was I mean, he'd be raping and murdering and doing all kinds of crazy, terrible things. And then to rein him in, it they like created another one, right? And that was his brother. Like uh how how familiar are you with uh the Epic of Gilgamesh? Not as much as I'd like to be, unfortunately. You know, if you want to talk about the details of that story, I'm not going to be able to with you. Yeah. I know only the broadest strokes of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it just, if I find it also fascinating that, uh, like, the similarities of that. And, like, again, I'll go back to, like, the Native American lore, too. Like, they were rapists and murderers, basically. They're just big giant monsters and they kind of ruled as Kings. So, yeah. And you know, again, that's another thing that was consistent across culture. We're both going to just keep hammering it because that's the lesson to take away here. I don't know how you can repudiate the entire sum of all of humanity's cultural history by just hand waving it away as a fake fairy tale. So granted these people tried to do just that, but yeah, for sure. The next question I'm going to ask you, Paz, um, do you think that those bloodlines still exist? Do you think that there are elite families that still carry those bloodlines and try to keep them as pure as possible? Do you think that there is a connection with the ruling class and or royal families? Do you think, or do you think this is all just kind of made up to keep a, uh, a like a sense of legitimacy? They want to tie themselves to something or what are your thoughts on any of that? Uh, the elite interbreeding is very obviously real. You can observe it just by looking at marriage records, how old these bloodlines are. Some of them absolutely are ancient, having undergone however many name changes they need to, obviously. But, you know, whether or not any of these elite power player families of today are giant blooded, I would be extremely skeptical of that. And whether or not their own mythos and their own desire to be associated with them is out of a desire to protect their own legitimacy or out of some sort of family legend. I couldn't say, but there would be a very clear incentive structure for them to do so. I mean, how cool would that have giant's blood? (laughs) I just, I don't think you'd see the sort of, uh, I don't think you'd see those sort of people with the observable physical traits that they have, if they were in fact giant blooded, 
unless those genes had been actively bred out already quite some time ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I who, mean, were, who were the last European kings to be reckoned as giants? I don't know how big the Romanovs were, but uh, they were all killed off. Um, <laughs> a lot of those family bloodlines were killed off. I mean, that was that was World War One, huh? That was like trying to destroy the destroy the kings. Um, a war against the aristocratic systems. Yeah. Know? Some people make that case. I don't know whether or not that's what it really was, but there's a very partially. good argument to be yeah. made for it. There's no doubt about that, especially when you look at the uh, Freemasonic influence on World War One. For sure. But again, that's a whole other chestnut. Um, uh, to the point that we were saying about giants' blood and kings and nobility, specifically, I think we're contextualizing this in the West, in Europe. Uh, you know, some of the Frankish kings were said to have been quite large, you know, going back to the Merovingians and even before them, some of those Germanic kings. Mm -hmm. But I don't think any of them truly were giant, giant. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's I think... a little bit of that, I think, in Wales, too. Actually, I think some of the Welsh and Irish were reckoned to be giant blooded. But again, you can't prove that i'm willing to accept a lot of folklore as potentially true but you got to give me something more than what those stories do to accept it yeah that's fascinating um i think of irish as little and drunk and mean uh but i don't, don't think of giants but there are some tall irish i guess um that's fascinating yeah i don't know man i i think isn't the the royal family is in england they they can trace their lineage back pretty damn far, can't they? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously the current one is of German extraction. Mm -hmm. They've been in England for a great number of generations now. And but, uh, um, they may or may not be lizards. I don't know. Well, and that's just <laughs> it. You know, just how old they are is up for debate. I don't know if they're connected to the uh, Gelfs or the Welfs. Uh, I don't know if those were Hanover family holdings. Mm. I have seen that certainly alleged. So there's the possibility of it, but I would have to do just more research before I could make that claim substantively. So, so I guess long winded way of saying, I can't let you nail me down on that question yeah. because I just don't know enough myself. On... I know some assumptions. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, uh, Dang it, what do you call that? Uh, like, um, Zaria and, or what's the, Tartaria. What are your, what are your thoughts? Have you done any studies on Tartaria at all? And maybe those were the giants and like there was a, it, so I'd heard like somebody talk theoretically how maybe whatever we consider reptilian-ish type of people, not, not. I don't think they actually are lizards, but just cold-blooded dickheads or whatever they are. I, I you know, and whatever they were they the opposer to whatever good and noble Tartarian Empire there. Yeah, was. and that they could have snuffed out the giants, and that that would part of the hard reset, and maybe why they kind of threw the giants' bones under the rug. What are, you, so, what are your thoughts on any of that? <laughs> for me, the problem with Tartaria is that it's all a little too. The whole thing just is a little bit too much of a grand unifying theory. You know, I don't think 
that they have done a good enough job plugging the holes in the assumptions, you know, the things they're taking as givens before they start trying to weave everything together into one big theory. You know, those are the same people who want to talk about the mud flood, but also about free energy, but also about (laughs) Tesla, but also about the giants, but also about phantom time. And I think they're just trying to do way too much without having built an established base for themselves first. I, I feel that. that. And the whole thing about star forts in particular just really rubs me the wrong way because we do have construction records for those things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we know that European randos were building them because they were more resistant to cannon fire. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, it's just all fascinating. So I, like I love just, listening uh, to all of those. Um, oh yeah, I will <laughs> listen to their interviews without a doubt. I will read that content, but I won't personally put any stock in it. I just can't let myself. I I hundred percent feel you. I uh, really good for the entertainment value, though. You know, one of the best. Yeah, I mean, I fantasize about that free energy, man. <laughs> or well, I mean, uh, we all do the secret to perpetual motion. Literally invaluable. Yeah. Or uh or how um old cathedrals were like you were supposed to play the organs and that was to me that was the goofiest thing. They're like, Yeah, it's called an organ for a reason because it's there to heal your organs. I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Which, like, you know, to that point, with what we know about white noise and just traditional music therapy in that music makes you feel emotions. Yeah. There's almost something to it, Yeah, but they're taking it way too far when they say the piano can reset your gut biome, which is literally the kind of thing they're trying to say. Well, I also think with the placebo effect, where if you believe it enough and they've got enough theater and drama behind it, like put in a giant organ in the giant cathedral, yeah, yeah, I mean... And, well, uh, sure, the point is, though, that the music can't make your cells do something. You know what I'm saying? Boss, you sound yourself. like a shill right now. Well... <laughs> okay. You're trying to cover up the, the free organ energy that we could get yeah. from the... <laughs> More like orgone energy, am yeah. I right? <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. Well, I oh. think we're getting close to your, your out, huh? Uh, yeah, I only had about 40 minutes I could spare. I've got some stuff I got to go take care of for my mom yet tonight. But uh, I've got uh, another five, 10 minutes I can give you if there's burning questions or something you wanted to talk about in particular. You know, we've already wandered off the Giants topic. but Yeah, dude, that's that's the problem with me because I'm, I'm so ADHD. That I'll no, I love it. <laughs> One thing I love about uh, getting to talk to you is that you're – you keep my mind active. You're throwing me curveballs. You know, there's no way to come into one of these discussions ready for it. And I really <laughs> like that. That's true. Cause yeah, I am going to go everywhere. Uh, yeah. That's fun, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. So giants, angels, sex, babies. Well, monsters. I guess let me turn it around on you. Where sure. do you land on all of this? Uh, so, I mean, I, I believe Bible, which I know people are going to laugh at me and call me a dumbass. Um, so, I mean, I th- sincerely think that there were angels that um, and or slash demons 
uh, that we're having sex with physical women and creating these Nephilim uh, and created these beings that were here that uh, were doing terrible, horrible things, I suppose, that were like ruling kingdoms and ruling through tyranny in brute force. And God did a hard reset and uh, killed the giants through this giant flood, whatever that is. And again, that's another thing that people can laugh at, but you can look at so many different, like, uh, different, um, uh, what the hell am I talking about? Uh, different cultures that talk about this giant flood. And then you can even look at someone that's like an atheist. Um, what's the guy that's, that was been on, been, um, been on Joe Rogan's podcast a bunch of times and talks about the, anyways, like there's scientists. Well, there's, are, there's a handful of one. Which one do you mean? Do you mean, uh, <laughs> uh the older gentleman that's always talking about, uh, how, how much older society actually is. And he's talking about how the, uh, he talks well, about, the do you mean flood. Hancock or Hancock's sidekick? Um, both one of, one or, I think probably Hancock. Yeah. But I mean, I think he's, I think he's an atheist, and, but he even talks about how there's a lot of evidence for, uh, a giant flood that, that changed the surface of the earth. And there's all of these different, do you want to talk about, okay, we got what, four minutes. What do you think about, um, how old is society? I mean, how old do you think humanity goes back? I think at our current, forgive me the cringy word, but at our current evolutionary form or state, hundreds of thousands of years. I like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we are far further. older than people are. We're far older than people are willing to say. I'd stake a lot on that. Hell yeah. I mean, I totally agree, man. Uh, I mean, I, I even think about things like Gio Beclio Tepe and things like that that weren't, I mean, I guess that's like embroiled in crazy wars and different things, but like, I, we're not allowed to go back and we're not allowed to like really uh, like send people there and investigate really. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we won't be until there's a radical paradigm shift that is probably just not coming. <laughs> Yeah. You know, when are we going to get this paradigm shift? I don't know. Good luck figuring it out. <laughs> I don't know. It might come soon, but I don't know whether you're going to get the one you want. Well, <laughs> that that is the other thing, too. You know, we are. Uh, there's some political commentators I don't particularly care for who talk about an oncoming dark age. Yeah. And it pains me to have to agree with them, but it does feel <laughs> like one's right around the corner. It really does. I mean, it, it hurts Especially my in heart, the context but... of the last year and a half, especially, you know? For sure, dude. I almost wish that those Q-tards were right, that there was some white hats that were coming I to save wish. us. <laughs> yeah, I wish they were right. They're not, and they never have been, but I wish they were. Q, where are you at, homie? <laughs> we oh. need you. <laughs> Remember when they were trying to say that Rick Perry, of all people, was Q? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> One that of the Kennedys re- is still alive, right? Robert Kennedy's yeah. alive and he's... Or, no, I, Joe Jr. Okay, Joe Jr. Yeah. My or mom no, used Jack to, like, you know, had such Jack a big crush Jr. on him. Yeah. <sighs> he was handsome, I guess. I think dude, everyone says that JFK was handsome. I don't see it. No, <laughs> he's goofy. I, I don't either, especially towards the end when he was literally rotting from the inside <laughs> out. Propaganda. 
Ugh. You just say it long enough and people believe it. All that power. Well, Oz, uh, we love having you on, man. Um, this was another blast. Um, if we can steal you again in a few months, we'll do another topic. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be back again. Like I said, I have fun with you guys. It's always an absolute hurricane. It doesn't feel like it's been 40 minutes already. <laughs> do you want to do any last-minute plugs before you go? Uh, I suppose, like I said in the beginning, check out my podcast, The Scarlet Thread Society, The Gaslight Hour, Timeline Earth. Check out The Scarlet Thread Society on Etsy for merch. Uh, those are the big ones. Yeah, his merch is awesome, everybody. Go buy a fucking, go buy a shirt. Go buy a fucking coffee cup. Go support Paz. All right, brother. It would mean the world to me. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a nice night, guys.